Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Are you guys ready for the Word of God? The Word of God is food, is nutrient, is more than just like discovering something mysterious here. We, we feel nourished, fed, satisfied, energized. From the Word, we find the source of faith that leads us to perseverance. It makes us to stand fast in the evil day. A few days ago, a brother called me because, um, unfortunately, he could not drive his car. So he tried his another car. But the battery of his other car was dead. So he called one of his relatives. When his relative tried to help him, his relative's car with the battery was dead as well. Nobody could help him, so he decided to call the pastor. I don't know for what reason, because what can I do in this case? And, and immediately I told him, I said, this is what the Bible calls the evil day. The evil days is when it seems everything conspire against you. You had your agenda, everything was scheduled, people are waiting for you, but you simply can't do anything. And that's where... The Word of God comes. If you don't have a solid, firm foundation in the Word of God, you're going to be shaken. You're going to be scary. You're going to just start to desperate and, you know, maybe rage or give up or disappear. That's why we need wisdom. Wisdom that comes from the Word of God. The title of my message today is Walk in wisdom. That's what we're going to learn here from Ephesians chapter 5 today. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we understand that from your word we find faith, strength. But above all, today we find wisdom. Open the eyes of our hearts to see that, God. And receive from the infallible, inerrant, all-powerful, the two-edged sword Word of God that divides what is our opinion, our intelligence, from what is your opinion, your wisdom. That's what we want to receive this morning, Father. We want to receive wisdom from heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So let's dive and find wisdom. We are in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. We're going to read until verse 21. Are you guys there with me? Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, or, or with the Spirit, capital S, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for 
everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence. First, we need to look carefully how we walk. Only wise people have the guts, dare to see how they are walking. They stop once in a while, usually Sunday mornings, to realize how was the walk of the week. How is my marriage this week? I'm not inspecting myself through my lenses or through the condemnation of Satan. I do it just like the psalmist says. God, let you inspect me. Let you, God, search me. But I am here vulnerable for your search. I want the light of your word to shine in darkened, in, in shadowy areas of my life. I really want God to walk in wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 8 says, Do not reprove a scoffer or a fool, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. The wise, it's ready for the reproof, the admonition. How many times I was rebuked, corrected by pastors and leaders that were mentors in my life. Spiritual fathers that out of love, completely selfless, without any agenda behind, they really corrected me because they wanted my growth, my advancement. And, but also, how many times I was corrected by peers. Brothers and sisters are just friends and partners in the walk of wisdom. And it was so good because it prevented me from keeping making the same mistake. Is the, is the problem of people that has stinking breath. They are the last one to know that. But somebody has to tell them. Because they don't notice this. Unless he's open as a wise person to know that. And sometimes carry some mint, you know, in their pockets. Just in case, by the way. Because nobody knows that you actually have bad breath. But if you're wise, you can accept the admonition. What about you carry a mint? What about you just keep your basic hygiene this morning? Anyways, you guys got my picture here. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 18. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction. But whoever heeds reproof is honor. Only those interested in God's way dare to admit they need help and instruction. Now, people that don't want to be corrected, they are foolish people. And that's why either they're going to walk alone or they're going to walk with other foolish people. People that just praise their mistakes. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. 
So yes, you should look carefully how you walk, but also with whom you walk. Are you guys with me? Because if you want to be more wise, wiser, find wise people to be around. So I can't recommend it more for you to come to Business Professional Network. I have wise people here at your disposal for whatever situation you're facing right now, maybe in your business. I can't recommend you more for your life group right now because I know you're going to find wise people there to help you in your journey with your new parenting role. You didn't know that having kids, we didn't come with a manual. But here they are with this pair of eyes looking at you every morning, crying for food, and you don't know what to do. And, and it, it, you need wise people around you. So we must watch carefully, look carefully. But there's another aspect we need to consider here, as uh, Paul makes clear. We need to watch out in the sense that we're also in alert. We are aware that we are in a world that lies under the influence of the evil one. First John, Apostle John says that this world it really uh, is in subjection uh, and under the influence of the devil. So we need to watch out because we are children of light. We read about this last week. And we are children of light living in this present darkness. Ephesians chapter 6. So we're not always welcomed with our thoughts and wisdom. Now, the Old Testament and the New Testament clarifies to us that wisdom is a person. And you and I know what person we're talking about. Amen. In the Old Testament, this wisdom in the book of Proverbs is a female. He presents himself, and I say he presents himself because we know that she is actually a he. Is the Lord himself trying to convince you, attract you for her beauty, the beauty of wisdom. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28, we read, God shows what is low and despised in the world. Raise your hand. This is us. We're just ignore. We're just despised. Nobody really considered that what you're doing right now, coming to church in the Sunday morning, really have any benefit to the world. But yes, God shows you and I, despised by the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing things that are. Verse 29, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus. Who became to us wisdom from God. Who became to us righteousness from God. Who became to us sanctification from God. Redemption from God. Verse 31. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. So we have wisdom. Every time we turn our hearts to the Lord, believe me, 
as you behold the glory of God in worship, in praise, as you simply decided to come to a service like that and the Word of God is shining upon you, even if you are sleepy, believe me, there is a measure of wisdom being imparted to you. Yeah, I know, you should not be just asleep. You should be attentive. But even when you can't, you say, Pastor, I'm so tired. Come anyways, because the wisdom is going to be imparted to you. Amen. Now, we learned that we need to look careful, mainly the way we walk, because we don't want to waste our time. Time is valuable, very valuable. We should never waste it. Ephesians 5, 16, making the best use of the time because the days are evil the expression use of the time or best use of the time some translation brings as redeeming time because the original word behind use here in our translation is exagorazo we already learned about this word which means you are buying back which literally means you are redeeming and i know we hear a lot in America. Time is money. And we learn now in Ephesians that time is much more valuable than money. That's why we cannot waste it. The idea of value and time is associated here. It is very, very valuable. That's why we should make the best use of it. And not be foolish. And how is the best way to use our time? Is fulfilling God's will. It's understanding and fulfilling God's will. That's the best use of our time. Now, I can read this text here in Ephesians and think the specific personal design will of God for you, which is a good way to read, but you are disregarding the whole context. The right approach on this text is understanding that God already revealed His will for us in chapter 1. And now we want to use our time as the best as we can to fulfill that will. And what is the will of God revealed to us? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Look what it says. In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. So, a good lesson we can get over here. Don't waste your time under self-condemnation. Don't waste your time anymore licking your wounds. Or thinking that this self-pity party is going to lead you to any place. No, you are redeemed. The blood of Jesus was shed for your life. You are forgiven. You are completely redeemed. And now you can really stand as a child of God, not boasting in your own deeds, on your own works, but according to the riches of His grace. Say a good amen, everybody. Come on, somebody. Now keep reading. It says, verse 8, which he lavished upon us. So this grace that is so rich lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Notice that we already have the wisdom. We already have the insight in Christ. Making known, verse 9, to us the mystery of his will. There we go. Now we find that what is the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. 
as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Here it is, the will of God. Through your life, things in heaven, you'll be united with things on earth. You and I, we are small Christs. Or, to use a proper expression, we are Christians. One day, Jesus, uh, when he actually met uh, one of his disciples, he said, are you surprised that I knew where you were? You're going to see in the life of the Son of Man, in my life, the angels of God coming down and going up from my life. And Jesus was making a reference of a story in Genesis. When one of the early patriarchs, Jacob, had a dream of a ladder, of a connection from heaven on earth. He called the place Bethel, a connection of heaven and earth where angels of God were going, coming down and going up in that place. And Jesus says, I am that place. But the, the thing we need to understand is now you carry Christ in you. So wherever you go, wherever business you step in, whatever workplace you are, angels of God are moving around because you are there. The reality of heaven can take place and turn into substance just because you are there. I know it's hard to believe, but it's not me just giving you positive preaching here that Christ lives in you. That actually is the core, the center of the whole gospel message. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to you, to us, His saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Everybody say with me, Christ in me. Say Christ in us. Now look to somebody say Christ in you. Christ in us is the hope of glory. If Jesus carried the connection of heaven and earth, we also, as He is, we can be in this world. And again, this is the message of the gospel. This astounding revelation is what the new covenant is all about. Christ in us. This is the hope of glory. This is the very center of the mystery reveal. And this is the will of God for us. That wherever we go, the connection of heaven and earth happens. So death should not exist where we are. Sickness should not manifest where we are. Depression should never prevail where we are. This even we're going to change the way we pray. You guys all know the prayer that the Lord taught us. Matthew chapter 6. And He taught us to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know people in the world praise this prayer. But they don't have the power to make this prayer fulfilled. But you have going to repeat this the lord's prayer 
was taught to the disciples alone. And only the disciples that carry Christ within them could actually pray and expect that these requests will be fulfilled. Like you can expect as well in your family, in your life, in your church, in your life group. When we gather together, the kingdom of heaven come here on earth. And the will of God that is not completely done, is not completely fulfilled on earth. Yes, His sovereign will is definitely being fulfilled, but not His perfect will. That's why there is death, there is sickness, there is violence, because the will of God perfect is not being done. But wherever we go and we pray, God, today where I am, as I wake up, as I go to this school, as I step in my classroom, God, let your will be done here on earth. Which earth is talking about? Your earth, where your feet step on. That earth, that ground, where you're stepping on. There, where you are, the will of God from heaven can manifest here on earth. Are you guys with me? Pastor, this is so bold to affirm. It's not only me. It's what the Bible says. This is what is the will of God for us. That we bring His heavenly will wherever we go. Now, one of the will of God clearly here is to manifest Christ through our lives. So when we pray this prayer, we not only are reigning in life now, but we are also scatologically crying for His return. We are asking for His return. The actual manifestation of Christ Jesus. The day that He will come and prevail against all injustice, all unfairness, all wars and rumors of wars. The Lord, the Prince of Peace, will establish His kingdom. Now let's go back to Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So the idea behind here, since the, the theme mainly is time, is that we should never waste it, but invest it. We should have a clear investor mind regarding our time. So in the text we just read, we have three not this, but this. Three don'ts and do. Number one, do not walk as unwise, but as wise. Number two, do not be foolish, but understand the will of God. And number three, do not get drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. And I know there are controversies regarding this text, mainly regarding the use of inebriating drinks. Alcoholism. The Bible repeatedly warns against drunkenness. But I cannot support here with any biblical text that the Bible is against drinking completely. Like you should be completely absent from drinking. I can't say that. Yes, the Bible is against much wine. For example, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 8. The Bible admonishes that members in the church of Corinth should not relate to other members that call themselves Christians but keep 
an addictive attitude toward drinking. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. But also we see Apostle Paul being willing to accept brothers that drink and don't drink. He even spoke favorably of using wine as a medicinal strategy for his beloved disciple Timothy to deal with a stomach problem. So, controversies aside, what we can see here is that we should not waste our precious, valuable time with coping mechanisms that are destructive, addictive. What is a coping mechanism? Coping mechanism is these uh, responses that individuals typically employ in face of stress or trauma. They are trying to help to manage unpleasant and challenging emotions. And these strategies are used to assist that person in dealing with the effects of the pain. But we have to be honest. They are profitable, healthy, cope mechanisms. And they are addictive, destructive, cope mechanisms. Truth to be said, we all need coping once in a while. We need to stress out just to relieve a little bit, to unplug a little bit. So the Bible is not against that. We, we sometimes need just to stop and relax. But what we're learning here is that there is a better way to cope. A better way than over drinking wine or alcohol. Or using pornography to go into a fantasy land that doesn't exist and is false and is corrupt. There is a better way than overeating or not eating at all. Overspending. I met a brother years ago. I couldn't meet him in Brazil, but definitely I met him here in America because that's the only place you can do such a thing, overspending. And he literally told me that. He says that when he gets stressed out, he just go to any store and buy the useless gadget he can find just to have a relief, just to have a stress out moment, just like to relax. There is a better way to cope. And the clear way that Paul states here is being filled with the Spirit. I really believe that Paul is making a reference of what we witnessed in Acts chapter 2. When the people saw the early disciples overflowing in the Holy Spirit, they charged them as drinking new wine, Acts chapter 2. He says, you guys are drinking new wine. You guys are drunk. So this is a perfect comparison with those that are spirit-filled. Because as much as a drunk person is under influence of wine, a spirit-filled person will react in a new influence. Under the influence of life. 
In the Bible, wine is a symbol of life. Someone who drinks wine is like someone full of life. But in the end, they're going to have a hangover. But when we are spirit-filled, when we drink from the spirit, we are bold, audacious, and also very talkative. They smile easily. A spirit-filled person are not grumpy or moody, but joyful and fun to be around. Their face glows and their eyes shine. Again, it's not because they are under any influence of any substance, but it's actually from a heavenly substance, the Holy Spirit. The text is clear. It's an imperative. Be filled with the Spirit. It's imperative because there is no other way we're going to serve God effectively. We can't think we're going to do any benefit to the kingdom if you're just with goodwill and out of our own effort. I'm telling you, your excitement will expire. You don't have that much of fuel of energy. So you need to keep on being filled with the Spirit. That, that actually is the right language behind the Greek here. You don't be filled with the Spirit once in a lifetime. When you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you first had that vision. When you first had prophecy. Or when you first prayed in tongues. No, 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 no. You keep on being filled with the Spirit. So, the Invine Church, we intentionally promote moments that we're going to have a drink together. We call these worship nights or secret place. We just create names for this spiritual bar to fill ourselves with the Spirit. We go old school Pentecostal way and we just fill ourselves with the Spirit together. We understand the need of that for our own survival. We all need a cope mechanism. Just don't use the worldly way. You don't need it. Try it out the way of the Spirit. I'm telling you, it works. You're going you're gonna to be more relaxed. Yes, yesterday night, uh, where is she, Angela? Angela, I saw you here, Angela. Anyways, she was mentioning because the girls get together Friday night. And all them were filled with the Spirit Friday night, this past Friday night. And she was telling this yesterday. Pastor, like it was so fun after the meeting. Because we were just talking to one another. We were having fun. And, and just like it seems that all our problems were gone. But this is not just a fantasy. They were actually gone. Because now your hope is in the Lord. Your trust is in the Lord. Now you lay on Jesus' hand your problems because you are filled with the Spirit. And now He has the permission to work your ways in your life. You actually allow Him to intervene in your life because you are giving permission, yielding to the Spirit. That's why if you relax, that's why after being filled with the Spirit, you are joyful. You smile more. Our guys with me. And I have to tell you something. It's also addictive. Because once you get drunk with the Spirit, you don't want anything else. And if you're still craving for something else, it's maybe because you didn't have the proper dose. You need to keep on drinking from the Spirit. That's, that's a clear instruction in the Bible. Now... I can't um, dismiss also uh, an exchange of words that Paul uses here. Very 
um, cleverly he does that. I don't know if he did intentionally, but he did it. He uses the word pneuma. Pneuma, which is the word, is the root word that it's also used for uh, pneumonia or anything that has to do with air infection or lungs infections. That's the word for spirit in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It has to do with the move of air, wind. So when we take a deep breath, when we inhale more air, we do it usually for a purpose. Let me explain this. In a daily life, you're not conscious that you breathe unless your Apple Watch reminds you to do that. But usually you are not conscious what is the exercise of your diaphragm. You, you simply breathe. Are you guys with me? But if you see a huge mountain ahead of you, what do you do? Oh, my friend, you take a deep breath because you know the challenge ahead. Or if you see that lake to cross, that rage uh, river to cross, what do you do? You take a deep breath. So I know you are facing challenges. I know you are scared of these stormy waters around you. But are you taking a deep breath? Are you taking this extra breath of life? That's what I call be filled with the Spirit. We simply need that. It's not by chance that when God was bringing life to that muddy, dirty, dust-made creature, human, the way He brought life into that thing, Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord God for a man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. You know this lack of sleep eye you having? This walking dead attitude that usually your spouse is complaining? You need that deep breath again. We need that deep breath again. It's not by chance that when Ezekiel, having this really amazing prophetic vision of dry bone valley, dry bones valley, the way he brought life to those bones was breathing. Ezekiel 37 verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man. And say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. O breath, and breathe on these is lane, that they may live. So I prophesy as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived, and he stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. I don't know if you guys are understanding, but if you're feeling drained, discouraged, even depressed, I can spend hours with you in counseling. I love to do that. I'm a pastor. I'm called, and you're never going to actually, uh, you don't need to feel embarrassed that you're, Pastor, I don't want to bother you, because this is, this is what I am paid for. 
Okay, that's why I'm pastor. Part of it is to spend time listening to you. This is great, but it's not as effective as you taking yourself a deep breath. A deep breath that you're going to be reminded of who you are in Christ Jesus. That in Christ we had received all wisdom, all insight, and all righteousness we need to stand again. To fight the battle. To overcome the rush river or climb the high mountain. It is uh, imperative. Be filled with the Spirit. Drink from the Spirit. Breathe again. Take a deep breath. In order to serve God, we need to be a mighty army. How are we going to fight against the forces of this present darkness? How are we going to step in Ephesians chapter 6 if we can't first practice Ephesians chapter 5 and be filled with the Spirit? How can we think we're going to be this mighty army of God if we're just excited, if we're just full of our stamina? No, no, we need the strength of the Lord. We need the power of the Spirit. How can we do that? Pastor, how can we actually do that? Again, it definitely will involve some air vibration. Some movement of air. That's why it is impossible, and I'm not exaggerating here. This is not a hyperbole. It is impossible to be spirit-filled in silence. And I know, I don't know where exactly, but we learned that sometimes we need just to be in silence. Yeah, you may have need of silence, but just to find an opportunity to speak again. Because only those that open their mouth and speak something can be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and in spiritual songs Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart That's how we are spirit filled Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Submitting to one another out of reverence so the feeling of the Spirit always entails in speaking, singing, producing melody, expressing gratitude, and also serving, surrendering. It's a cyclical process. It outfeeds itself. Once you start to speak, to pray, to sing, if you're not a good singer, just make a melody, just hum, just, you know, say something and put some melody on it and as you do that you are spirit filled you are being filled full of the spirit you are drinking you are breathing again and as you do it you're going to be willing to do even more even more louder even more greater even more engaging the more you water God's word make melody 
be grateful and submit the more full you become we should never stop that cycle I'm not joking that's how I start my day and that's how I end my day I wake up in the morning and I thank God for that morning and I end my day thanking God for that amazing day I had expecting for goodness and mercy to find me tomorrow look how should be the gathering of the believers 1st Corinthians chapter 14 26 what then brothers when you come together each one everybody says each one I need to hear a voice say each one so it's not an option if you join us you are part of this each one each one has a hymn a lesson a revelation a tongue or an interpretation in other words we have to say something to one another so you cannot get inside of this building mute and leave it in silence I don't allow you to do this anymore you're prohibited to come here just in silence say amen everybody say amen it's not an option you have to say amen too because at least that you're gonna say during this service seriously you think it is something small but it is not let's stand up I'm not closing yet but I wanted to stand up pastor I'm not feeling to do it I'm not in the mood to do it pastor I, I have these days I have those moments as well everybody have them what do I do in those days I do exactly what the Bible tells me to do I open the largest book in the Bible the easiest one to open it's called the Psalms it's not by chance that that uh, Paul instructed us to do that because it's such an easy way to be filled with the Spirit you have no words you're not in the mood to sing so you out of discipline out of survival out of need to take a deep breath you're gonna open a song you're gonna read out loud let's do this together Psalm 119 117 you're gonna read together with me one two three praise the Lord all nations exalt him all peoples for great is his steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever praise the Lord come on guys I want I need your help if you're not gonna help people not gonna read with me let's go back again Psalm 117 verse 1 1 2 3 praise the Lord all nations extol him all peoples for great is his steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Shout loud. Praise the Lord.